Good morning, and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a Vision for You Big Book Study. My name is Melanie C., and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. Today is Monday, March 3rd, 2014. Today we are reading from the Big Book, and we are at page 28, paragraph 3. Today's readers are Jason P., 12 Steps, Karen U., 12 Traditions, Reading the text is Janice M., Helena R., Ken P., and Katie F. The reference number for Sunday, March 2nd, 2014, is 5992. OA Preamble. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who, through shared experience, strength, and hope, are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose. OA's fifth tradition states, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At a Vision for You Big Book study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I will now ask Jason P. to read the 12 steps. Good morning. This is Jason, a recovering compulsive overeater from Vermont. 12 Steps of Overeaters Anonymous. Step 1. We admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Step 2. Came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Step 3. Made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Step four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Step five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Step six, we're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Step seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Step eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Step 9. Made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. Step 10. Continued to take personal inventory and, when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. Step 11. Sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood Him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. Step 12, having had a spiritual awakening as the result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Thank you, and I pass. Thank you, Jason. I will now ask Karen Yu to read the 12 Traditions. Good morning. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater in Michigan, and my name is Karen Yu. The 12 Traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. 1. 
our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group's purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, An OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA, as such, ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. Ten, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues, hence the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. Eleven, our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at at the level of press, radio, films, television, and other public media of communication. Twelve, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. I pass. Thank you, Karen. How our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and the literature that we are discussing, and that you keep your share approximately to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star one to unmute. Once you are done sharing, let us know by saying pass, then press star one to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone except the speakers should be muted. Today, we resume our study of the big book on page 28, paragraph 3, and I will ask Janice M. to begin reading. Well, good morning to you, Melanie, and good morning. Vision for you, my name is Janice M., and I am a recovered compulsive overeater. The distinguished American psychologist, William James, in his book, Varieties of Religious Experience, indicates a multitude of ways in which men have discovered God. We have no desire to convince anyone that there is only one way by which faith can be acquired. If what we have learned and felt and seen means anything at all, it means that all of us, whatever our race, creed, or color, are the children of a loving creator 
with whom we may form a relationship upon simple and understandable terms as soon as we are willing and honest enough to try. Those having religious affiliations will find their I'm sorry, will find here nothing disturbing to their beliefs or ceremonies. There is no friction among us over such matters. Isn't that beautiful? That nobody's going to tell us or try to convince us that there's just this way to do it and you must be of this religion um, or else you won't get recovered. Oh, boy, that is wonderful. And, and that's the truth. There's so many of us that have different uh, uh, beliefs and different religions. But, you see, this is talking about, um, you know, if what we, the, the ones that have recovered, that we learned from the doctor's opinion the problem, and then we learned the solution, which, was, which we just got finished with, the 12 steps, that's how we experience. This is how we've seen others who are recovered Find a relationship with a higher power. Simple. So simple. You know, doesn't matter what religion you are, creed or whatever color, you know, we don't, we cooperate with you, um, but we don't affiliate with any um, church or religious order. And um, th there's no friction because the principles that we have practiced, that we are practicing on a daily basis, is a universe, a universal principles, and anyone, <laughs> anyone in the world can use them and get a new way of living. You know, it's like uh, Abby told Bill, you know, on page 12 in our big book, you know, why don't you choose your own conception of God? In other words, you don't have to still believe what maybe you had some negative ideas about a God. Just choose your own, be willing. You know, it's easy when you're willing. It's difficult when you're not. Be willing and honest, which means I am a compulsive overeater. I know it. Nothing else worked for me. I think I'll try it. And with that, I pass. Thanks. Thank you, Janice. Who would like to comment on what was read? Press star one. Barbara. Hi, Hi. good morning, Barbara. Sarah. Sarah. And Sarah, Barbara first. Thank you. This is Barbara, recovered compulsive overeater. I like very much looking at the fact in these paragraphs that, and they do use the term religion as opposed to spirituality, although. Uh, it's come to be the practice of distinguishing between religion, as they say, as being for people who don't want to go to hell and spirituality as people who've been there and back, uh, the 12-step people. Uh, and uh, that's my experience. But um, I've been looking at the fact that I'm very active uh, in my religious practices and the, that goes hand-in-hand hand with the foundation of abstinence and 12-step recovery because one uh, enriches the other with the uh, with the 12-step way of life being the framework. Uh, now, during the years that I tried religion alone to care for compulsive overeating and addictive behaviors and all the sickness that's with it, 
didn't do it. No matter how much I begged the God of my understanding, no matter what my practices were, I needed the combination of the 12-step way of life. I needed the understanding of the phenomenon of craving. I needed that crack that, you know, that made me willing and honest enough to try, as it says in this paragraph, and that was the uh, the repeated bottoms. Um, but now I see more and more, and it enriches my spiritual life and my spiritual condition, more and more wisdom teachers of all religious practices see that the 12-step way, as they say, is the spirituality and the spiritual path of the 20th, 21st centuries. And I more and more are reading wisdom teachers who parallel uh, scriptures, Hebrew scriptures, the Christian scriptures, various scriptures, with the 12 steps, with that way of life. And that is a wonderful enrichment of my growing belief and relationship with God, with the God of my understanding, and can speak to anyone. No one is excluded, no one is offended, as opposed to the history of religions where it's my way is the only way, uh, which leads to so much violence and exclusion. So um, I'm very glad to be looking at this today, and I pass. Thank you, Barbara. Sarah, Sarah W., you're next. Uh, Good morning. This is Sarah, a grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater from Iowa. Uh, Thank you for your service today. And, um, you know, I was thinking to myself, um, I was blessed to be able to uh, listen to a telephone meeting with my mother, who was an an avid, um, you know, of a different religion and then um, actually Jewish. But anyway, um, she always thought that 12-step was very Christian. And, um, and, you know, obviously the, it did come from Christian roots with the Oxford group, but um, the blessing that I, I wanted to share was that, you know, she got to hear that it is a spiritual program. And I think, you know, what great wisdom and divine uh, intervention that came about in the fact that uh, the early uh, recovered people realized that they had to open it up uh, to everybody. And that it wasn't, um, you know, I can get so much out of, out of Buddhism. I mean, like like was stated before, but the reality of the fact that uh, the only way that they would have uh, the ability to reach all types of people, uh, rich, poor, you know, educated, non-educated, uh, religious, non-religious, was through uh, the idea that it had to be opened up uh, to all. And also, the other idea is that I think I've met people that have been afraid of 12-step because they felt that it would take away their religious beliefs, that it would almost brainwash. And, of course, we know that that is not true, that what it allows us to do is if we choose to um, function in religious backgrounds, we can do that with even more greater understanding and um spiritual uh, foundation, with a spiritual foundation. I think one of the biggest things about our program is it allows us to find a power that is personal to us, which is such a beautiful thing. And the last thing I just wanted to share um, was that, um, you know, not all of us do join religious bodies. 
and the fact that um, there was a part in here where it says uh, about honesty, oh, uh, about being willing. Uh, it says, whatever our race, creed, or color are, are the children of a living creator with whom we can form a relationship upon simple and understandable terms. And I think the uh, as soon as we are willing and honest enough to try, and I think that's so key to what this is trying to say, that the willingness has to come from us. And then, of course, the honesty of needing the program, of having that gift of desperation. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you. Thank you, Sarah. Who else would like to comment on what was read? This is Larry. Jason. Hi, good morning. Hi, good morning, Larry. Then Jason, and I heard a woman's voice. Do. Do. Okay, so Larry, Jason, and then Do. Thank you. Good morning, um, Melanie. Thanks so much for your service. Larry, recovered compulsive overeater from Chicago. Um, yeah, boy, my <laughs> my brain needs some washing for sure. Um, but I, I know I get the point. I get the point. I think you know, a lot of us did come in um, into this program with faith. I know I did. But the moment I stopped arguing, you know, stopped debating, I began to see and feel this power. That took me a lot of years, though. And to acquire it, I only had to stop this fight, stop the debate, and just simply practice the steps. Um, but my, I have to say that my pride, uh, my self-centered this wouldn't allow me to do this for many years. I, I needed to be right, but I did not need to be recovered. And so I, I went on and, 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 and kind of you know, sank in that quicksand, if you will. But by the grace of God and my understanding, I, I have recovered. The binge eating problem has been miraculously removed. And my way out came by way of tapping into a source of power that took me from this this state, you know, this incomprehensible demoralization to a life that that I could not have imagined at the time. I couldn't, and and I, like I said, I have no desire to convince anyone else that there's only one way by which faith can be acquired. I mean, I'm just a guy in Chicago. You know what I mean? I don't know what the deal is. I just know that my life's changed. My brain's been scrubbed. Um, I'm still the kind of the same guy in some ways. But but the way that I came to believe in a power greater than myself, um, sufficient to restore me to sanity, you know, my faith is is not you know is is not necessarily the faith that you need. In fact, it's not. You you get to choose that for yourself. You know, but frankly, I wish someone would have would have shaken me, you know, and pulled me aside and convinced me that coming into program with a faith was simply not enough to remove this problem. I thought it was. For a lot of years. I mean, let's not be naive. The 12-step programs, there are many 12-step programs that are besieged by well-intentioned people of faith who have nonetheless not been relieved of this obsession that is killing them. Um, that was me. And when God removed the obsession of the mind for me, I had a spiritual awakening. It helped me to, the work in the steps helped me to do what? It helped me to get right with myself, get right with others, and get right with God of my understanding. And I'm always reminded um, that when the spiritual malady is overcome, I straightened out mentally and physically. You know, my physical body is, is, is at a goal weight. I'm there. 
you know, and that's the least of, I always say that's the least of what was, of what was changed about me. Step two we're talking about is we came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Again, a God of my understanding. You know, and Bill said this chapter was not put here to teach me that there's any particular type of religion that I need to buy into. The chapter was simply put here that I might read and wonder. I needed some new ideas, emotions, and attitudes. And I'll tell you, in the next chapter, and we're going to get to shortly, and more about alcoholism, you're going to learn why guys like me were unwilling to concede to my innermost self that I was the real deal. Because to do that, to break myself to, you know, from that delusion kept me from having to accept that I needed any power, even though I came to this program with faith, any power to help me. And stuck in that mental quicksand, I could have a faith without works. And for me, having a faith without works renders me dead. And, and it, wasn't, you know, it wasn't the kind of dead like my buddy who's, who's now dead in body, drank himself to death, and sadly he's no longer with us. You know, there's other kinds of death. Dead while still alive, like the walking dead. Like, like I, I sat in dead silence as I consumed dozens of bagels in front of my computer screen. I suspect if you would have seen me, you, I would have appeared alive to most of you. You know, I went on with my life, but I was, I was dead. And then there's the figurative dead that, you know, Larry, you're dead right, which I always embrace. You know, I was trying to convince you that I'm right. As in, you know, listen, people, this is about calories in and calories out, and all you have to do is find the most efficient way to burn calories, and I would convince you because I needed to be dead right. But I'll wrap up by saying how ironic that in finding a faith in God that works for me, part of me died off, the self-centered part. I've been transformed and from death to life. Thank God for Alcoholics Anonymous, and with that, I'll pass. Thank you, Larry. Jason P., you're next. Do you want to press star one? Jason P., press star one to unmute. Hi, can you hear me now? I can. Good morning. Hello, everybody. This is Jason P., I'm a recovering compulsive overeater from Vermont. And um, thank you for the great shares so far, and thank you for everybody that's on the line. I am grateful to be here. Um, I first became acquainted to the OA program early in 2012, and that's when I started attending these meetings for the first time. And, uh, you know, I, I was able to have about six weeks or so of abstinence, and then uh, you know, I felt really good at the time. This was early in the year last year from mid-January through March 1st. And then on my birthday, which was March 1st, 2013, I lost my abstinence and uh, just ended up binging my brains out for pretty much the rest of last year. And I gained 50 pounds from March 1st and, until January 5th of this year. Um, the the reading references that there's a multitude of ways that uh, one can discover God. And, uh, you know, last year on March 1st, I turned 40, but my 30s were marked with really um, a search for finding God. Um, you know, I, I studied deeply in Buddhism. I, after being raised in a Christian and Catholic faith, um, you know, I, I studied Buddhism quite a bit, Hinduism, a, a mul multiple 
a multitude of the world's great spiritual traditions and just kind of searching. And, you know, I was also, I'm a garden variety addict, so I was also working the 12 steps in other programs. Um, but the big missing link for me was that I, I wasn't actually working the steps. It was a big half effort, um, a half measure. So all of those half measures, you know, yes, I, I had convinced myself at the time that I was experiencing spiritual awakening, but the reality of it was that I, I was still really sick and spiritually bankrupt in many ways. And, and yes, I'm, I did experience what I would consider, you know, a partial awakening, but, you know, it was really a half measure. So it, in essence, it was really availing me nothing. Um, but recently... I, you know, I've been working through the steps in earnest and, you know, thoroughly working the steps. I've worked the first three steps now with my sponsor and, um, you know, the, the process has been really uh, amazing for me and very humbling, really. But um, after working through step three, steps two and three recently, coming to believe uh, in a power greater than myself on a, on a deeper level and really exploring that, you know, I, I had slipped for, you know, slipped and slid in my addictions for a couple of years leading up to, you know, working on steps two and three. Um, but, you know, really what it comes down to is that I kept asking for willingness to believe and asking, um, you know, asking my higher power for that willingness helped me to make a decision, which was step three. And uh, essentially what has happened is my daily practice. I've been really focused on, you know, every morning I get up at 6 a.m. I've been listening to these meetings for, for several months now, every day. And, uh, you know, I'm just so grateful that this meeting is here. It's been um, the hugest blessing in my life. And, uh, you know, my daily practice includes kind of a mix uh, a uh, of, you know, not only 12, what I'm learning in the 12 steps, but what I've learned in all of those other practices and traditions that I studied from in my 30s. I've kind of taken what is most relevant for me now. And um, I'm delighted to announce that um, uh, that there was no binging for me on my birthday this year. You know, I was committed and focused to having an, an abstinent day, and I, I refrained from my binge foods, and I stuck to my food plan. And, um, and I feel great, you know, it's, uh, you know, I'm listening to what my higher power says, directs me to do every day. And, um, and the big thing, you know, in my thirties, I was in the debate club, you know, I was like a, a politician who just couldn't stop debating, you know, like, oh, the 12 steps, this, the 12 steps, that, and, you know, recently I've just put down the debate and, um, it's, it's, I'm letting the debate go. I realize that it doesn't serve me and I'm following the will of my higher power every day and uh, I'm just so grateful to each of you. So um, thank you so much for allowing me to share and, um, and for being on the line. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Jason. Do you're next. Good morning, uh, Melanie. Thank you for your service. Uh, this is Do Recover Compulsive Overeater. Um, I like that sentence where it says, we have no desire to convince anyone that there is only one way by which faith can be acquired. And, you know, uh, this reminds me that, you know, um, we have different ways. Um, the, the way that's worked for me is, of course, the 12 steps. <laughs> 
to to acquire that relationship with God and form a a relationship with God. You know, because that's 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 been my main problem that I've been blocked so many years from having that that um, that personal relationship with my Creator. Um, and you know, when when it talks here about religious experiences and a spiritual experience or spiritual awakening, when we we refer back to the appendix, it's really actually talking about, you know, those ideas, emotions, and attitudes which are cast to one side and a new set of conceptions and motives begin to dominate us as far as forming a relationship with God, as far as forming a relationship with your creator. And thank God that this um, program is not uh, exclusive but is um, all-inclusive and, you know, there's room. It's a broad and roomy road uh, for everyone. Everyone can find their own way. It's a personal experience with your creator. That's the key there, a personal experience with your creator. Everybody's going to have a different way of perceiving and getting God in their own way. And and that's the great thing about it. And we have the different varieties of, of doing that. For Bill... Um, Bill, Ebby Thasher, he brought him this book, Varieties of Religious Experience, which was really very thick book. And um, Bill got to read that book within 24 hours. And he had, when he finished reading that book, he had his own personal experience with his higher power. And he was able to get that. And he was able to have a personality change sufficient enough to bring about recovery from alcoholism for him. For us, it's about, you know, having that personal relationship with God and getting a personal relationship with God and having that personality change sufficient. Our our mind changes. Our feelings change. Our emotions change. Our attitudes change. Our conduct change when we submit, when we submit to this good orderly direction. And it says here, you know, as long as we follow these simple and understandable terms. What are those simple and understandable terms? Well, at least for me, it's this book. It's the 12 steps of recovery. When other methods have failed, this has actually worked for me, you know, where, where I needed to be guided in a different direction, in a different way of, of, of thinking, and in a different way of doing this program because I've tried all other methods. I've tried religion. I've tried therapy. I've tried pills. I've tried exercising, I've tried books, I've tried self-help books. None of that worked for me. None of that worked for me. But this seems to be a real answer for me. And today, you know, I picked that up. And then it says, those having religious affiliation will find nothing disturbing to their beliefs and ceremonies. There's no friction among um, us over such matters. And it doesn't matter uh, what your religious affiliation is what your ceremonies or traditions or beliefs are, if it gets you connected to the higher power and if it draws you closer to faith and understanding of that higher power, more power to you. It is awesome. It is a good thing. They're not saying that this is the only way. Anything to get you connected to that higher power, it is your own personal experience. But for me as a compulsive overeater, because I've had all these different ways, and they all failed for me. This is my way, you know, the 12 steps. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Du. Who else would like to comment on what was read? 
This is Paula. I heard Leah, and then did I hear Paula? You did. Okay, so Leah M. and then Paula D. Thank you. Thanks, Melanie, for your service. Good morning, everybody. My name is Leah. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. I just wanted to focus in on this statement here. If what we have learned and felt and seen means anything at all, it means that all of us, whatever our race, creed, or color, are the children of a living creator with whom we may form a relationship upon simple and understandable terms as soon as we are willing and honest enough to try. So again, if what we have learned and felt and seen, again, a reminder that these pages were um, published, uh, written, they are the collective voice and um, wisdom and experience of those in whom the problem had been solved. So they're teaching me something. Uh, They're teaching me that the solution for them was not to stop drinking. (laughs) That wasn't all that they needed. Um, You know, they're teaching me that lack of power uh, was my dilemma, and I had to find a power other than myself uh, to solve my problem. I had been relying on my own power just as they had been relying on their own power, and I saw when this disease had beat me into a state of reasonableness, uh, I saw at a new level that I was powerless without the intervention of grace the power of God that could create, uh, you know, um, a, a sense of, of power within me, a sense of flow within me, and that I didn't have to worry. <laughs> you know, Ebby handed uh, Bill the silver bullet of AA, you know, saying, why don't you choose your own conception of God, and that same statement was offered to me because I had a very crippled belief system. But the big book teaches me that the realm of spirit is broad and roomy, all-inclusive, never exclusive or forbidding to those who earnestly seek. And boy, did I need one. (laughs) You know, I needed a relationship for almost two decades. I had a relationship with substances that were found in bags and boxes. And despite years of involvement with psychology and therapy and self-help, I could not um, break free from those shackles. You know, the big book teaches me that it's a relationship with that higher power of my understanding um, that is going to, you know, lift that merciless obsession from me. It's an experience. These people are saying we have learned, we have felt, and we have seen. Not intellectual, not about knowledge. This is an experience that I'm going to have through the implementation of these steps. Why do I need such a thing? Well, the big book taught me that too, that the alcoholic or the real compulsive overeater like me at certain times has no effective mental defense against that first bite. My defense had to come from a higher power relationship. Again, my recovery is not going to be dependent on people, although people are very helpful and very supportive. But my relationship has to be dependent upon a relationship with a power greater than myself. The solution to my problem, just like uh, for them, was going to be to have a relationship with the spirit, which will remove my problem, will remove that merciless obsession from me. 
You know, I always believed that food and weight were my problem. Food and weight were not my problem. Food and weight were symptoms of a much deeper problem, a spiritual malady, a gangrene of the spirit, a cancer of the soul. And when through these steps I brought God into that equation through the working of these actions, I don't uh, feel that way anymore, and I don't see that way anymore, and I don't behave in that way anymore because I'm not plagued with the delusion that I can wrest satisfaction out of this world if only I just manage it well. You know, this is not uh, a solution that's physical. This is not a solution that's human. This is beyond materiality. This was going to be in the world of the spirit, a relationship with that spirit. And with that, I pass. Thanks. Thank you, Leah. Paula D., you're next. Hello, this would be Paula D., Recovered Compulsive Overeater. Well, there's quite a paragraph here, very inclusive. The distinguished American psychologist William James, in his book Varieties of Religious Experience, many varieties, many ways that people discover God, and that's what it says here, multitude of ways in which men have discovered God. You know, another writer in this book, Carl Young, we just read about, said, they asked him the question, I'm sorry, do you believe in God? And he said, I know God. Well, see, that's it. I believed in God, but I didn't know God. That's when the relationship happens, when you know God. But, you know, William James also said another wise, very wise and true thing that I had finally come to believe. This disease binds you and it blinds you. I couldn't see and I couldn't move. It kept me right where I was. And then it goes on. We have no desire. Now look at the energy you save. I don't have a desire to convince anyone that there is only one way. Do you know the energy that is saved on both? And that's what I realized. That's what I kept realizing. Paula, this is not your place. And then it says... As it was said so beautifully, of a living creator with whom we may form a relationship there, there knowing, not just believing. And then it goes on, and I just want to complete it there. Those having religious afflictions will find here nothing disturbing to their beliefs or ceremonies. By the way, I was looking for that. Oh, well, that doesn't go along with that. Oh, that doesn't go along with this. Nothing disturbing. If there is disturbance, it is within me. And that's what I see today. There is no friction among us over such matters. Isn't that nothing rubbing against the other? Smooth now. Thank you for allowing me to share. And with that, I do pass. Thank you, Paula. My name is Melanie, and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater calling in from Oregon, and I wanted to talk about what this means to me in terms of of the directions in the big book. Can I um, know just a bit about William James, and that is that he is a philosopher, and a psychologist, and a scientist. And what he was bridging together is the second part and the finish of what this title of this book is, The Varieties of Religious Experience, The Study of Human Nature. And that tells tells me so much more that the author is now bringing home once again as we end this, coming to a close in this chapter, that please, please, Melanie, take out of your mind, as difficult as it might be, any kind of exposure you've had to religious doctrine and and how that played a part in your life 
in in a good way or maybe even in your brokenness and your woundedness way and how you approached maybe in a fantasy how this God was that you had come to believe was going to rescue you. But consider this idea that, that the, the fundamental heart and the study of human nature brings together philosophy, thinking, and science. And that it really is deep down inside me. And to, and to open my mind to that particular idea. And then from that position, Melanie, consider the idea that it includes everything. Could your mind be open enough to, to even fathom that, that, that idea? And that the point of this is to bring me into harmony with all of that where I had come so atrophied within myself so self-centered and I believe that the author was looking at a, another way in which to bring some credence to that that the discussion is not of the varieties of religious experience but the nature of human beings if you've had a religious experience open your mind to the idea that this is human nature and find that within you and he's looking at at, at supporting that even further as he's wrapping up this chapter to go deeper into the idea that this is a, an experience of connectedness with all things from, a hum from the fundamental point of a human. Please open your mind and set aside, he's asking me, I think, in, in, this, in this particular paragraph, set aside anything that you think that you've known before, if that's possible, for a new experience at a different fundamental level beyond... Uh, outside of, take away fantasy, but move towards a true transformation in a higher self to the possibility of that idea. And with that, I pass. Would anyone else like to share on this paragraph before we move on? This is Janice. Hi, good morning, Janice. Good morning to you. It's your turn. Good morning, Melanie. Good morning, Vision, for you. My name is Janice, and I am a recovered compulsive overeater. Thank you, God. So here we are in this book, this book and the 12 steps. And what are we learning here in this paragraph? What did I learn? You know, I learned once again how humble, how humble the information is that's being presented here. It says, we have no desire to convince anyone that there is only one way by which faith can be acquired. You know, we don't have the corner on the market. And actually, this book taught me to continue to be a spiritual seeker, to look at all the ways in which I can enhance this spiritual awakening that I'm having here. But it says, if you're anything like us, if you're anything like me, if, if you are an alcoholic of this type, if you are a compulsive eater of this type, then maybe you're going to find what we found. If you're willing. If you're willing and honest enough to try. This might be your way, too. Because we don't come here happy, joyous, and free. If you're anything like me, we come here prison, imprisoned by the food and by the thinking, by the allergy of the body and the obsession of the mind. And if you're anything like me, I came in desperate, desperate for something. 
for something because I could no longer control the food and I couldn't enjoy the food. And I was in a horrific place where all I wanted it for, all I wanted was it to be done. Was it to be done. But it says that even if you come from a strong religious background, there's going to be nothing here to disturb you about our way of finding this relationship. I once heard a wonderful AA speaker say, this is a happening. This is a happening, this 12-step program. And it's still happening today because it's happening for you and for me as we work the 12 steps. You know, it brings about this experience. We have it happen to us as we work the 12 steps. And if it happens to you the way it happens to me, a new world opens up, a new way of thinking, a new way of acting on life, a new power to access that I didn't have before. You know, this book didn't convince me there was a God. It convinced me that I needed this God. Because by myself, by my own human power, it was not working. It was not working. So here we are, willing and honest enough to try. And it says if what they learned and felt and seen means anything at all, if it means something to you, it maybe means there's a way out as well. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you, Janice. And now I'll ask Helena R., please, to read the next paragraph. Press star one, Helena. And Helena, if you're not there, Ken P., could you read the next paragraph? Hi, good morning, Melanie. Can you hear me okay? I can, thank you. Good morning, this is Helena. Okay, Helena, we'll go back to you. Thank you, Ken, for stepping in. Helena, the next paragraph. We take it no concern. Okay, sorry, I did try unmuting numerous times. Finally got it. We think it no concern of ours what religious bodies our members identify themselves with as individuals. This should be an entirely personal affair, which each one decides for himself in the light of past associations or his present choice. Not all of us join religious bodies, but most of us favor such memberships. Um, What I see is directly uh, speaking to me and my experience in this program. Um, It is, of course, continuing with what we have just been discussing in the previous paragraph, and it's going to continue throughout the rest of the paragraphs, over and over, said in different ways. It doesn't matter if you are what faith you are. It doesn't matter what your convictions are. It doesn't matter if you're an agnostic. It doesn't matter. You can find the solution if you are willing to try. Unfortunately for myself, I did make it a great concern of myself what religious bodies the other members in the program were identifying themselves with. I came in with such a strong conviction that my faith was the right one. This is what I had been taught and it was what I believed. And the fact that um, the relationship I had with God, though strong, was not sufficient to stop me from eating compulsively, somehow didn't matter. I came in desperate. I listened. 
I did what I was told, and then within a year, I started fussing because people were saying higher power and not the name for God that I had for him. And I did leave and went back to my faith and looked for help there. And uh, several months later and 60 pounds heavier, I came back ready to let go of my convictions. I am still in the faith that I grew up in, um, maybe a different denomination, but I still have that faith, and I never lost it. But I saw that my relationship with God was my own business. I also saw that it would need to change, just as much as the man or woman who came in an agnostic. And I was willing to listen because, as has just been said, the disease beat me to a pulp, beat me into a state of reasonableness. And I will pass. Thank you, Helena. Who would like to comment? Hi, Lois. Good morning to you. Good morning, Melanie. Thank you for your service today and as usual. Um, Yes, I'm Lois, a recovered compulsive overeater in Massachusetts. And um, I wanted to comment on on this last paragraph about, excuse me, my faith and and when i when i when i my, my thoughts that came this morning was i had always been a part of a, a church all my life as a child and as a young adult and so on but as the disease <clears throat> excuse me progressed inside of me um my spirit was definitely destroyed you know my spirit was ill i had i had a serious a spiritual disease in in my mind, and I began to resent and to feel like neglected and abandoned by um, by my faith and, and my my God, and I was unable to, um, to 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 really participate. I had great expectations, and none of these came about. And it wasn't until I became um, recovered and sought help through the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous and went through these steps where my mind, which was, you know, diseased, my mind, the obsession of the mind was diseased, and my spirit was very, very ill. It had a cancer, you know, it, and, um, and I was restored to, to sanity. I, I, was my, I was totally recovered by going through these steps and believing in a higher power once again. But I was able to approach my, my, my faith, my church, with a restored mind and and um and i had i had had totally pinned my mind is a little slow today my thoughts and feelings and attitudes were all changed once again you know and i was i was to be recovered and i was able to bring my spirit to this church and i i continue to go there today but it and i i really fully you know developed Develop that, and and as I sit in my church weekly, I, I'm there instead of thinking about what they did not do for me and why didn't they do this and how come they did that and I didn't get that. You know, I can I can participate and I can be of service and I can see what I could do for others in that church. Now, for me, that was a total change about, and this only came about by going through the twelve steps of Alcoholics Anonymous, and uh, and I want to. Pass. Thank you very much. Thank, Thank you. you. We have time for one more share this morning, it looks like. This is Bella. Can I share? I heard Bella. Good morning, yes. Bella. Are you still there, Bella? Yes, I am here. Thank Go ahead. 
אוקיי, thank you, good morning, my name is Bella and I am a thankful recovered compulsive overreader. Thank you, Melanie, for doing this service and thank you very much, everybody that is on the line. Wow, I love this paragraph and religious bodies. Yes, I was always religious, but religious in my body. I didn't have a spiritual mind. I didn't, I didn't know that I need a connection, a relationship with God. Yes, I knew that he is there, but on my body, I, I, I didn't think, I didn't, I didn't make any, any effort to build a relationship. I, I didn't have any spiritual thinking about God. And then when I was thinking about my power, because... I didn't have God in my mind, and I needed a power, and sure, I knew that I have the power, and I am looking to build my own power, and yes, we all know that, yes, we are coming to a dead end, and I am so thankful, so thankful to, to God that he had patience for me, And he brought me slowly, slowly, according to my own um, way, till I came to understand that, yes, I needed a spiritual mind. I needed to build a relationship with God. Yes, to build a relationship with God and to understand, yes, I need a higher power than myself and I choose the power of God. Yes, he is higher than myself. And it's so wonderful to build such a wonderful relationship. And yes, now I am willing to bring God into my life 24-7, and it's a wonderful, wonderful spiritual awakening for me. And thank you for letting me share, and I pass. Thank you, Bella. Thank you so much. And thank you to everyone who shared today. We will now close with a reading from the big book on page 164, followed by the serenity prayer. Will Ken P. please read A Vision for You? Our book is meant to be suggestive only. Thank you, Melanie. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then.